By way of introduction, we all, I'm sure, know the story of the woman at the well. The Samaritan woman comes down. She draws from the well. Jewish people did not have dealings with Samaritan people. There's a couple things that created this need, and in a moment we'll look at those things and consider those things, but Jesus did. That's what I want to preach to you tonight is Jesus does have time for us. He has time for you. When no one else thinks of you or considers you, would pray for you, pray with you, give you the time of day, Jesus does. I was just talking to Keith and Taffy both, actually, before the service about people and witnessing to people and how I've been offended before that people would ask me if I'm saved. Like, you're wasting your time. Yes, I'm saved. Anybody ever had that happen? I'm a pastor. I'm a preacher. I'm like the Apostle Paul. I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews, brother. We get a little bit too big for our britches sometimes, don't we? Thank the Lord that someone cares. Thank the Lord that someone doesn't look at me and say, well, he looks like a Christian, so he's saved. There's a lot of people that look the part that's not the part. There's a lot of people that don't look the part. They're all in it. I'm thankful that Jesus looks upon me and he sees me as I am. He doesn't see me as I present myself. He doesn't see me as I make things seem everything's okay. He doesn't just see me with my smiles. He doesn't just see me in my handshakes. He doesn't just see me in my religion. He knows the real me that I don't want anyone else to see and he still has time for me. And the devil hates me. And I have issues with people in the world that don't like me for certain reasons. We have fallen outs with people. They ain't got time in the world for me. There's some people that see me on the side of the road. They probably keep on going. But you know what? Jesus does. Jesus does have time for me. Jesus does have a heart for me. Jesus does have dealings with me. And this Samaritan woman, she's here drawing from the well Jesus said unto her, give me drink. For his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou being a Jew askest of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. It, it caught her off guard that he said to her, give me drink, that he would receive his water at the hand of a Samaritan woman. You see, in this society... They were the outcast by the Jew. They were trodden on and walked over by the Jew. They were looked down upon by the Jew. The Jews had no dealings with them. They, they thought they were a, a waste of time. They thought they were a waste of space. They, they would have seen them cast out as far away uh, as, as, as where they couldn't ever see them again or would ever be around them again. They had no dealings with the Samaritan people. And there's a couple reasons why. The Samaritans, they intermingled in their marriage with the Gentiles. And that wasn't right. God told the Jews not to intermingle with the other races, the other ethnicities. God told the Jews not to do that. He had set 
his people separate. He had set his people aside. He had set his bloodline aside. And it sounds archaic and it sounds old-fashioned and it sounds a little strange, but that's what God told them to do. Yeah, and they didn't listen to God. And so the Jews were not okay with the Samaritans because of their sin. But guess what? Jesus was. Jesus was. The bonds in marriage to the Gentiles were why the Jews didn't have dealings with them. The beliefs about Mount Gerizim, instead of Jerusalem for being their religious place of sacrifice, was another reason. Look down into verse number 20. The Samaritan woman says, Oh, our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus saith unto her, I love this, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor ye at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship, ye know not what we know, what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is, that the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And so one of the problems that the Jewish people had with the Samaritans was that they didn't worship where God had told them and established to worship. So you see, they worshipped there in Mount Gerizim, which was not the, 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 the holy city, was not the holy place, was not God's intended place. They worshipped in the wrong place rather than Jerusalem. And so the problem that the Jews had legalistically by, by way of the law was correct. The Jews had issue because they worshipped in the wrong place and they had the wrong lineage and the wrong bloodline because they intermingled with the people God didn't want them to intermingle with. So legalistically, they were right in looking at the Samaritans and saying, these are sinners because they have not kept the law. By all accounts and all purposes, they could look at them and say, God, God's not happy with them. But I'm thankful that one day Jesus came by and he saw that woman sitting there, that Samaritan woman sitting there, and he said, give me to drink. No other Jew would, no other Jew would imagine. And any Jew, I'm going to preach tonight, any other Jew that would, any other Jew that would come by and say something like that, they would be cast out for their society. Because this Samaritan woman, she was unclean. She come from a lineage of people that had, had intermingled with the Gentiles. She come from people that worshipped in the wrong place. The Jews didn't have dealings with them. She said, why are you dealing with me? How is a Jew dealing with me? The Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, verse 10, If thou knewest the gift of God and who it is that saith to thee, said, if you knew who you was talking to, give me a drink, thou would have asked of him and he would have given thee living water. You see, the one that came to the woman at the well was salvation. The woman that came to, or the one that came to the woman at the well was redemption. The, the, the one that came to the woman at the well was retribu retribution. The Jews didn't have any dealings with the Samaritans, but Jesus does. Aren't you thankful that Jesus sees us where we are and we come spotted and unclean and unworthy? 
Many of us have sins and things that we carry from our past that, that, that the church can stand and say, well, they're a sinner and the church ain't wrong. But Jesus looks at us and he wants to have a relationship with us regardless of what we've done, regardless of where we've been, regardless of where the sin that we've committed. He can handle all of that. He can deal with all those things. He can face all those things. Something Pastor Kenny Baldwin said uh, at the... Uh, at the, the, the Jubilee or the revival we went to over in Weaverville here a while back, he said, uh, he said you know, we don't, we don't witness to people because somebody would say, well, they're a Muslim. What, what does that have to do with anything is what he said. Well, well they're a Catholic. What, what does that have to do with anything? God, God ain't worried about that. God can handle that. And Jesus come to this woman whose society had deemed a hell and society had cast her out. He says, give me to drink. He has fellowship with her when she didn't deserve it. You see, the devil, he looks at us and he comes into the courtroom and he testifies against us and he brings up our history and he brings up our past and he, he brings up the darkest things that I've ever done. He brings up the darkest things that I've ever thought. He brings up the darkest things that's ever uh, uh, been done by my hands or thought up in my mind. He brings up how wicked I am or how hateful I am or how angry I am and he is right in every count. But I'm thankful that Jesus does have time for me. Even though the devil's right about how wretched I am, Jesus loves me and Jesus wants a relationship with me. Jesus does have time. Jesus does care. Jesus does have dealings with the Samaritans. Could you imagine being that woman? She knew what the Jews thought of her. She knew... She was wrong. She knew that she was wicked. We find out that she had five husbands. Not only was she, as a Samaritan, she was cursed in this society by her lineage and her bloodline. She was cursed by the sin that she had been involved in herself. And while the world, while the Jews don't have any dealings with her, Jesus does. You see, before he walked up to the well, he, Jesus wasn't walking up to the well for an interview. He wasn't walking up for an interview. He wasn't looking to find out about her to see if she would fit to be a Christian. He was going to her. To, he knew that she had had five husbands. He knew that her family had intermingled with Gentiles. He knew she worshipped in the wrong place, yet he went by that well that he could save her. That's how Jesus deals. That's why the love of God is beyond our comprehension. That's why while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. As wicked and as filthy and as evil we are, as we are, all of us, he still loves us. And the, the religious, we're going to get to that in a minute, the religious doesn't have anything to do with us, but Jesus does. Hey, anything can be said. Somebody say Josh is a wicked person. I'm, I'm flesh. I'm wicked. I'm, I'm evil. I'm wrong. If I, if I don't keep that flesh into subjection with the help of the Holy Ghost, there's all kinds of stuff I could get into. It can be said about anybody that we are, we're, we're wicked in our flesh. But for Christ and for his love. People are not wrong when they condemn us and say, we deserve hell. We all deserve hell. But 
Jesus loves us. But he cares. But he sees us and he knows everything about me. And before he approaches me at the well, when nobody else wants anything to do with me, nobody wants me in my worst, nobody wants the wickedness, nobody wants the evil, nobody wants, wants the flesh, nobody wants the wrongdoing, he sees me and he knows that and he comes and he sups with me when nobody else will. Nobody else will. You realize she was an outcast. And it's funny that Jesus uses a parable of a good Samaritan. Those people that were marked and spotted by society, Jesus used a parable about a good and a giving Samaritan. Why? He fixes and uses broken things. We're all broke. We're all wicked. We're all messed up. We're, our flesh is all, it's, it's out to get, get us. What a day that'll be when we get to separate from the flesh. The Jews had no dealings with sinners, but let's dig a little deeper. The religious, that's what it really comes back to, is the religious have no dealings with sinners, but Jesus does. You see, she was married five times. She worshipped differently there in Mount Gerizim instead of there in Jerusalem. Her daddy, for all intents and purposes, could have been a Gentile. Her mama, for all intents and purposes, could have been a Gentile. She didn't have a lot of good things going for her. And while the religious people, they don't like sinners because religious people think too highly of themselves. The religious people didn't have anything to do with her, but Jesus did. Why won't the religious people have anything to do with her? Because the religious people are not honest about their own past. These Jewish people, they just realized how quickly, how quickly they could have been out of the bounds of the law with humility, you can find some love in your heart for a Samaritan. How easy it is to offend that system. How easy it is to sin. And today, religious people that are just simply religious out of practice and not religious out of truth and religious out of faith and religious out of salvation, people that are just religious out of practice, they like looking down on the sinners because the sinners always got some dirt on them that they can point out. The religious have managed to Hide their dirt down deep. Now we can all say amen to the fact that people live differently than they did 20 years ago. People used to hide stuff. Did they not? I mean, church people used to hide stuff. It's different. People now, it's, they just... But you know what? I almost like that a little better. You know, I mean, you, rather than somebody hiding, you think they're a good person for 50 years till you find out all their dirt. They just bear it all. I don't really mean that. I wish people would get right. I need to get right with some things that I love to hide. But when we find out that we're, when we're religious and, and when we're religious about sinners and we think we're better than sinners and a Jew looks down at a Samaritan, it is only through and by the grace of God that we have anything, that we live and we breathe, that we have peace, that we have a home, that we have food, that we have sustenance, that we have all these things. It's only through and by the grace of God. And these religious people, the problem is they won't be honest about their own past. And you see, people look back, and about the time everybody forgets about their sin, they start pouring on somebody else's. And used to, everybody tried to hide this stuff, and it was just, did you hear about old so-and-so? 
I'm not, I'm not trying to stir anything up. Somebody's heard that. I'm not trying to stir anything up. Did you hear about? Now listen, I'm just telling you this. We need to pray. You hear that, you better run. Ain't, going, ain't no praying going on. It's just religion. Why? Because other people's sins make us feel good about ourselves. Religious people don't have dealings with sinners because they won't face their own past. If we want to have a heart for sinners and lost people, we got to realize we're sinners too. I'm no better than them. You're no better than them. It's easy to get out of the confines of the church. Some of you tonight go to a restaurant, stop by a gas station, go to Dollar General. Miss Geraldine may see somebody on the side of the road she want to hand a bag to. We all have places we're going to go. And if we're not careful, we get out of the comfort of this, this building and we won't have a heart for people out there because they ain't in here. I knew it would be another quiet night. We won't have a heart for people out there because they ain't in here. Also, because somebody goes to another four walls, we don't have a heart for them. Because their church ain't like our church. Thank you, Sam. We get religious. And when we get religious in practice and not religious about truth, what happens is we won't have a heart for sinners. And we get hard and we won't be honest about our history and who we used to be. You see, I like these, these older and seasoned people that they see a young person making a mistake and they'll walk up and they may tell them or they may just come tell me, man, I remember when I was a teenager, I was a fool. And, th and there's that fine line. I used to despise people my age right now because they acted like they knew everything. And people mid-20s, late 20s, they, they, know, they think they know everything. They think they've seen it all just because they're getting a little bit older. They think they've been everywhere. I'd get around them in church, and I was a young teenager, and I'd get so mad at them because they were like, I pay my own insurance. Whoop-dee-doo. I got a car pay. I think the, I'd take one right now. And what happens is they look back like they'd never been that teenager excited to drive their car for the first time. They look, like, look back like they'd never been that teenager messing up at their first job. They look back at me and like they are so much better than me. When it wasn't that long ago, they was the same age I was then. Christian people, it's easy to look at people living in sin and forget that that was us not long ago. Say it's been 50 years. That wasn't that long ago. Wasn't long ago. And you and your dad and your sins and your trespasses were living just like that person you'll see and won't have a heart for because we're religious. Because we won't be honest about our own past. Or that we feel that we do not have a past. Well, I was just young. If I had a dollar for every time I heard somebody say, just sowing my wild oats. You reap what you sow, folks. Another thing about the religious is that they cannot face those that are different than them in their beliefs. 
There's something right there, folks. The Samaritans, the Samaritans worshipped in Gerizim instead of Jerusalem. And that was all up in the crawl of the Jews. They did not like that. They didn't like it. And they weren't wrong. But that doesn't mean you can hate somebody just because they believe a little differently than you do. Anybody that I talk to about books and reading, most of the people that I read, my favorite writer is a Presbyterian and an Anglican. I'm crazy, I know. I don't read anybody non-denominational. I don't believe in that. Presbyterian and an Anglican. I love reading them. And, and if I was to sit down with them, if they hadn't died 150 years ago, and I could sit down with them, I, I may not be able to go to their church, Brother Donnie, as far as being a church member. They, they may not be able to come to, to Mountain View Baptist Church because we believe a little different. But I do believe we believe in the same, same one. I believe we, 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 we feel and experience and, and know the same spirit even 150 years later. Baptists have been notoriously bad at not writing anything down. That's why I can't find, you can't find a Baptist to, to read after. Charles Spurgeon's a wonderful Baptist. But let me tell you something. I love Charles Spurgeon and his writings. But there's a lot of things that he believed. Maybe not a lot of things. There's some things he believed I can't get down with. I can't go with. I love what he wrote. I love the things that he said. I will read him endlessly. But I wouldn't agree with him. And if we're not careful, we'll find people and we disagree with them about something. And we will, we will we, if we're not careful, we can get to the point where we hate somebody because we disagree with them about something. What are we going to do if the Episcopal Church down the road called and said, we had a fire, we need help? Do we not show them love because they're a different denomination? I might get run out of here tonight. It's Sunday night, all the self-righteous Baptists ain't here. I'm just kidding. The Presbyterian church down the road calls. The pastor ran off with the secretary and the assistant pastor died. The bus blew up. We have nobody to drive the kids. Are we going to say, I'm not helping them. You see, that's what that, the Jews' problem with the Samaritans is they didn't believe like they did. And the Jews was right, but that gave them no right not to love. We have no right not to love because we don't agree with everything somebody believes. You see, I show the greatest, I, man, I show the love of Christ in the greatest capacity when I can go sit by the well and we can sup from the same well. That's how I show his love. Not with any ulterior motives other than just to show his love. We've got, I've got brothers and sisters in Christ in other denominations, in other churches, believe different things. Hey, there's some people run, they run you, run a preacher out of a church for believing that. In this county. We get religious about things. We won't love sinners. Let me tell you something. Jesus does. Jesus does. He was still sitting down there at that well. He knew all about her. 
He knew that she didn't live by the code which his father had given to the Jewish people. But yet, he loved her. Be religious. I ain't even halfway done. I'm going to have to hurry. The self-righteous. So the the religious have no dealings with sinners, but Jesus does. And then the self-righteous have no dealings with the spotted, but Jesus does. They not only had a problem, the Jews not only had a problem with the Samaritans because of where they worshipped, they had a problem with the Samaritans because their blood had been polluted by Gentile blood. The self-righteous have no dealings with the spotted, but Jesus does. First, because they're products of sinful conception. They intermingled with the Gentiles. Their very conception... Before they were born, before they were even born, they were born of a cross between Jews and Gentiles. You read this, it sounds like cattle, don't it? I mean, it's like pure, pure blood, impure blood. It's like a dog. You ain't going to take a mutt to a dog show, are you? Mutt makes the best dog. I got a pure blood registered golden retriever. God love him. He's, he needs, he just, he needs your prayer. Mutt makes the best dog. But it don't make when it comes to Jews and Gentiles. Before they were born, they were doomed to be rejected by the Jews because of who her mom and daddy was. You realize that was us? Before we were born, when we were conceived, we were conceived in sin. You say, my mom and daddy was married, been married 20 years. You were still conceived in sin because we are flesh. We were born in sin, and as soon as we die, we begin to, as soon as we're born, we begin to die. Our conception, the devil has that against us, is we were conceived in sin. Now, my little little Isla, I've told you, Riley, he's working on, he's working on, some stuff. I have to pray for him. He's getting a, he's getting starting to realize he can talk back and that's not it's not going so well. But even still, that little three year old boy, there's so much innocence about him. And I thank the Lord for the innocence of children. But he's still a sinful creature. And as he grows up, he's gonna begin to understand right from wrong, morally, biblically, scripturally, spiritually, and he'll make a choice. Sometimes he'll make a wrong choice, and sometimes he'll make a right choice. Little Isla, I'm having a hard time with the girls. The the discipline of the girl is so difficult for me. Little Isla, my little angel, she was born and conceived in sin. And as she grows up, she's going to make decisions, and some are going to be right, some are going to be wrong. But but when she was conceived, before her mom and daddy ever knew she existed, before... before, Riley, before we knew he ever existed, he was a product of sin. The self-righteous people don't want nothing to do with the people that are a product of sin. But Jesus does. Jesus looks down and he saw me when I was conceived, when I was born, when I was a little baby. He looks down at me and he knew one day I would choose to sin against him, but he still loved me. He knew that I was wicked. He knew that I was ungodly. He knew that I was, I, I, I was all these things, but he still chose to love me. 
I'm a product of sinful conception. You're a product of sinful conception. This woman was a product of sinful conception. Not only was she just born in the flesh of sin, but she was born of sin because a Jew and a Gentile. But Jesus had time for her. Sinful conception. And then they're spotted by social rejections. The Jews had been raised and taught to hate the Samaritans. They had been taught that. Mom and daddy, grandpa, grandpa hates something. The grandkids probably going to hate it. The kids are probably going to hate it. Anybody generation after generation that's taught to hate something, they're going to hate it. We hold on to simple things. We're taught, men, I'm preaching to you. There's a right kind of truck and a wrong kind of truck, right? There's a right kind of chainsaw and a wrong kind of chainsaw. Am I right? I'm not getting into anything here. I'm just saying. There's a right kind of gun and a wrong kind of gun. There's a right kind of boat and a wrong kind of boat. Wrong kind of set of tools and a wrong and a right kind. I messed up now. They all wrong. They so expensive. Go to Harbor Freight now that I ain't a mechanic. That's the right kind when you pay that kind of money. Just don't get under the jack stand. There's a right kind and a wrong kind. And we're ingrained in our mind. There's a right country to live in. There's a wrong country to live in, right? Living the best one. We've, we're taught these things. As natural as those simple things have been taught to you and me was the Jews' viewpoint of the Samaritans. Because for generations, they had been taught that the Samaritans were less than them. Jesus didn't care. Social rejection is what I'm talking about. They had been taught that. The self-righteous, they had no dealings with the spotted but Jesus did. They're spotted by sinful conception, social rejection, and statutory transgression. In other words, they couldn't keep the law. She didn't keep the law because she'd had five husbands. That's not keeping the law. Jesus knew that about her, and he didn't bring that up till midway through the conversation. Don't you love Jesus? We get to talking to him. We think everything's okay. Because all I knew about them five husbands. He'd already, he knew. He knew. They broke the law. She broke the law because of her husband. She broke the law because of how she was. See, there were things that she could control. Like may be saying the third time around, this is probably not going to keep. It's not going to work. Somebody said, "Listen, you've been married four times. You've been married twice. You've been. Is that going to work?" She could have stopped that. You know what she couldn't stop? Daddy being a Jew, Mama being a Samaritan. You know what she couldn't stop? 
going up to Mount Gerizim and worshiping up there where her ancestors had worshiped. Jesus didn't care. He just supped with her at the well. And he, he cares about sin. Don't get me wrong what I'm saying. He disagrees with sin. But they ain't no sin too big for Jesus. He looked at her and she needed repentance for the husbands. She needed repentance for the bloodline. She needed repentance for where she worshipped. But what he goes on to tell her is he says, there'll be a day you won't, none will worship in Gerizim and none will worship in Jerusalem. In other words, he's talking about going from a house phone to a cell phone, if you know what I mean. The world has no dealings with sinners, but Jesus does. You see, people in the world that are lost, that realize they're lost, the world starts hating them. The world don't want nothing to do with them. They've used up the joy and the happiness, and when they realize they need something different than what they got, the world don't have no time for them anymore. Anybody lived in the world before? I'm telling you. You use up what you got, having a good time, the world's done with you. But guess what? Jesus has time. Jesus has love. Jesus has forgiveness. Jesus has peace. Jesus has hope. Jesus has happiness. Jesus has a future. Jesus has someone. Jesus has something. Jesus has some place. Jesus has some purpose. Jesus has a job. He's got a career. He's got a place for you to live. He's got somewhere for you to go to church. He's got a position for you to do. Jesus does. Those last three thoughts I gave, I believe, apply to us the most. We're products of sinful conception. Social rejection, statutory transgression. We just can't help it. We can't help being sinners. But he still loves us. Now he wants us to change. That's what we see. We see her, the Samaritan woman. Verse 27, John 4. Verse 26, we see Jesus saith unto her, I speak that unto thee am he. Verse 27, and upon this came his disciples and marveled that he talked with the woman. Yet no man said, what seekest thou or why talkest thou with her? The, the disciples were amazed that he was talking to this unrighteous woman. The woman then left her water pot and she got the real, she got that living water. And went her way into the city and saith to the men, Come see a man which told me all things that I ever did. Is not this the Christ? And then they went out of the city and came unto him in the meanwhile his disciples prayed him, saying, Master, eat. But he said unto them, I have meat to eat that ye know of. Therefore said the disciples 
one to another, Hath any man brought him out to eat? Jesus saith unto him, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me, and to finish his work. Say not ye, There are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, Lift up your eyes, and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. There's a whole message in there. And he that reapeth receiveth wages, and gathereth fruit unto life eternal, that both he that sowed and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And herein is that saying true, one soweth and another reapeth. I sent you to reap that whereon ye bestow no labor, other men labored, and ye are entered into the labors. Look at verse 39. And many of the Samaritans of the city believed on him for the saying of the woman which testified, he told me all that I ever did. She accepted him, and by virtue of a sinner, being forgiven, redeemed, and set free, he used her. He knew she was wicked. He knew she was ungodly. He knew who she was, but she had something on the inside that she had to share. And the people that the religious and the self-righteous say are no good, Jesus wants to use them. Who are they there? Us. People counted us out. People didn't, they'll never amount to much. They'll never do anything. But when Jesus got a hold of you, then you had a story to tell and a song to sing.